What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Magic Table. That was my Theology of Hustle intro, which I guess I just go into podcast mode all of a sudden. So <laughs> it's, fine. it's fine. At least you're consistent. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to the Magic Table. We are so glad you joined us. Uh, we had been talking. We have some other thoughts for January already on sort of the mental health, Christianity and mental health aspect. But I think I was just feeling like, and both of us were just feeling like, we need to talk about Advent, right? Because Advent's like become a very sacred, very important part of our family over the last three or four, four years. years. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, I, I think we just need to talk about the why behind that, I think. Yeah. And I think we... I think there's this other part that Advent is becoming like super trendy or cool and which is great, but it's kind of become this thing about like getting a piece of chocolate every day or a toy for your well, it's kids. It's always sort of been that, but like yes. it's now like popular and yeah, right. There's Advent calendars of all varieties and yeah. Yeah. And so I think we are just at a place that we're wanting to share just our experience about how we may be moved from that place of more secular advent to, you know, where we are today. So I want to talk about what advent is, right? Especially for people unacquainted with sort of the church calendar. I want to talk about a little bit of our story of advent. And then I'd love to discuss how we celebrate advent and what things that we've found work for our family. Not that we're experts at that whatsoever. We're still very much feeling that out. Right. Yeah. So does that sound like a good rundown of, sure. of today's episode? Okay. Yeah. You have to keep us on task. Okay. That's my job. Your job is to talk and look pretty. Cool. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So advent, I mean, we just, we started that a season of advent actually today as we're recording, which is the, the, uh, last Sunday of, of November. I think it technically starts December 1st, but this, this is the first Sunday of Advent that we're, that we're on right now. Yeah. So, and then Advent goes until obviously uh, Christmas time and then there's a transition season and all of that stuff. But so Advent is just this really it's December, like the bulk of December, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's four weeks of Advent uh, and then we get to the, the Christmas, uh, celebration on the 25th. I think Advent at its most basic form is just the anticipation of our savior, uh, coming to the earth. And, uh, when we talk about church calendar for the unacquainted church calendar, this is sort of like still new stuff to us yeah. as we've been sort of growing in this over the last few years. But, um, as, as a part of it, I love the church calendar because there are seasons like related to almost emotions and not to sound like I don't know that sounds probably weird and like all the dudes just like tuned out all of a sudden but um but there's but each season has a a feel to it of like of something that is a feeling towards God like an emotion a movement towards God in some way each season does that so yeah. you know when we get to Lent you know, that has a very different feel and we're sort of engaging in the emotion of our own sin. We're sort of like dealing with our own brokenness a lot in the season of, of Lent. You know, Pentecost becomes this like sort of uh, it's a celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit, which leads into uh, a kind of common time, like a uh, time that's not sort of defined uh, throughout the rest of that year. But Advent like starts the season of anticipation of 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 hope. Like it's a very hope filled season, 
But I feel like a lot of times it just becomes all out celebration and that's it, I guess. Just like, woohoo, like we're just like, everything's awesome and we're totally fine. And I think we miss the point when we think about the season of Advent that way. Yeah. And I like that tied to the emotion piece because I do think there is a feeling associated with Advent. We were talking before we started recording about just that really Advent is this like, yes, there is this hope of Christ's return that we are excited about. And yet we still live in a very broken world. And so it's it feels very much a season for me of tension of this anticipation of Christ's return yet looking at the world around me and thinking like, how crazy does it have to get before you're coming back? Like, what does it, you know, there's just so much, I think, and especially this year, there just, there's a brokenness that just feels more apparent um, and more prevalent than maybe I've had my eyes open to in years past. Well, maybe there's this mentality and I might like, I don't know, maybe I'm stepping in it right now and probably should edit this out later, but there's this sense that I get of some Christians, which is like in dealing with the coronavirus, for instance, like, eh, whatever, God's got me. So it doesn't matter if I die. Like, so I'm just going to sort of like live my life however I want to. Right. And I think that that mentality kind of mocks hope because our hope mm-hmm. is not that we can do whatever the heck we want and get away with it because Jesus died for us. Our hope is in a, in a risen savior that like has come to this world to bring good. And the only good that we will ever know is because of that risen savior who died on our behalf so that we might have life. And so to treat hope as trite Mm -hmm. and as something that we just like it's a like it's an inalienable right that we just deserve to like do whatever we want i think makes light of of hope in a really dangerous way and our 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 anticipation our hope in god is that all of this all of this evil will will, will be made just someday because that's who our god is and so i guess i don't want to go into advent like feeling very trite about the hope to which we cling right yes. This is like a serious, uh, it's a beautiful hope and it's one that we can like really rest in, but it's also a hope to which that's all we have, right? right? And that's to what we cling and we can't take that lightly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I just, I just want to establish sort of what hope even is because I feel like our world, any, even Christians in our world, sometimes maybe misunderstand uh, the hope to which we are called. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. So, so I just want to, I, yeah, I wanted to introduce, and maybe that's a good kickoff into our story of like how Advent has changed for us and like why it feels so real to us and like how our perspective changed on it. Yeah. Whew. Do you want to start that story or should I, I don't mind starting it. Well, I mean, I think what to me is most important about our story is just that as we started attending and then came on staff at a church that follows and celebrates the church calendar, like we kind, we got into Advent. And for me, it was very much like, 
here's some Bible stories. Let's make some ornaments. Let's put them on a tree. Yay, Jesus's birthday. Right. And, yeah. and I think for where we were at that time, there was nothing the matter right. with that. But I didn't really grasp the depth of the season. And so... I think our hope in just kind of sharing our story today is that wherever you, whether you've, you know, faithfully celebrated Advent for years or you find yourself in the, this sounds interesting, I want to go deeper, that you would just be encouraged by our story of kind of how God has used our life story to kind of grow in our practice of Advent. Yeah. And so, I mean... Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll jump us off with the story of Advent really got real through our adoption journey, right? Yeah. Uh, we were in, we've talked about our adoption journey on other magic tables, so you can go back and sort of listen to that. Uh, but we were in the waiting for three years for our, our little dude uh, to come home. And I would say that those first couple of years were, were hard, right? They like, there was a sense of like, we're waiting on Jesus, the baby to come to this earth. And we're waiting on a baby, right? So it felt like applicable. Yes. And it felt really hard in that, right? Like the first year we started our process in January. And so like the first Advent season we walked through, we were almost a year in. And we were just at a different place on our journey than we anticipated we would be at that, you know, almost year marker. And I was so surprised by how hard Advent was for me. Just this idea that we're all waiting, you know, in anticipation of the birth of Christ, yet that had already come and we were still waiting. And it just kind of brought for me, a lot of feelings of grief that really surprised me Mm. because the way that I had seen Advent previously was this joy-filled, hopeful season. And I didn't know how to be in Advent and be full of grief because it felt wrong because people around me seemed so celebratory. And so I feel like for me that first year, It was just kind of this wrestling through of, is it okay to have grief? Is it okay to be angry that, yes, I'm excited that Jesus will return and I want a baby. Right. And like, where is God for me in my journey, in my story, in this season of hope? And so for me, year one was like just wrestling with God of I'm full of grief and I'm kind of angry and I don't know how to reconcile these emotions in this season. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think it's a hard paradox to sort of deal with because you are grappling with the emotion of like things aren't, things are not as it should be. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and at the same time, there's hope. And how do we hold those two things in tension at the same time? Yeah. And, and realizing like, I was angry because I had envisioned a timeline sure. and in my mind, God was making me wait and like I'd kind of spelled out for him like how things should go. And so just feeling like, like, do you see us kind of thing? 
Yeah. Um, and so I feel like the following year, we're two years into waiting. And I, <laughs> even though I had been shocked by the grief the year before, the first Sunday of Advent, I just remember sitting in church, sobbing, and being surprised by the grief for the second time. <laughs> like, what in the world? And so I, what I realized, I think, a different depth of Advent to me was every, for Advent, every Sunday, I literally walked through the doors of church and just started crying because I realized like within this community that was waiting with us and like literally waiting with us for our baby, but also there were a number of people waiting for God to move in other places. Yeah. And so I feel like the second year of Advent was so beautiful because I got to wait in a community of other waiters. Yeah. And my grief and sad like and sadness, I didn't feel alone in that. I felt seen. I was at like a much better place to even talk about like I'm really disappointed that we've been waiting for two years for yeah. a baby. And so, um, yeah, I think it was another breadth of like Advent is done in community. Yeah. Of, yeah. Well, and even I think to put names to that, like we were waiting alongside other adoptive families for sure in our church, but we were also waiting around, waiting with singles in our lives who were who were waiting on what they thought God wanted for them, which was a spouse and there are quite a few of those people that we waited on through that season who we now have a child and they still are single. Yes. You know, so there's still that like that tension of there was waiting for healing and some of that healing did not go the way that we prayed and hoped. And so just our eyes, I think were opened in another way of just, it's a part of the church calendar. The church should be done in community. And so that year in particular, like that's what Advent was. Yeah. And was, I, I think really beautiful, like, yeah, I, you've already said it, but just like the community, the community aspect, all of that and like waiting together, like that's what happens when you're really in people's lives and you know people well. And I think that's a case against sort of this consumer I don't know. I'm just on all my soapboxes today, but like, that's a, <laughs> that's against, like every episode <laughs> right, we do. That's fair. But it's against that consumer mindset where we change churches every two or three years or whatever. Like if you're doing that consistently, even five years is not long enough to truly be in deep community with others. It takes, a, it takes forever to get into true community where you can really know what one like bear one another's burdens i think truly and i think there's a major case in the church for staying with a community for a long period of time sometimes that's not possible totally get that but i think if you can you should yeah 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 and so gosh i feel like entering into advent year three Mm. um Gosh, yeah. I literally cry every time we do it. <laughs> so, um, but I think by year three, 
I felt so broken. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, when you've, whatever you have waited for in your life, whether it's biological children, healing, a spouse, when you wait a long time, it is so easy to start believing lies of, did we hear God? Is this our path? Did we miss a call? Um, and so we've sometimes when we share this story, we joke about limping into Advent Year Three because I don't it, know that you joke about that. Like that's, <laughs> that's literally true. how it felt. <laughs> and just feeling like we're so broken, and we needed Advent just to remember that there is. Hope. hope yeah and we were still very much in the midst of journeying alongside a lot of other people in that same like we talked about like waiting for healing and waiting for you know lo- spouses and yeah, you know, or, yeah just, or waiting to be pregnant again yeah, after right, miscarriage right, and yeah. just it it was such a hard season and i think uh, as as we moved through advent just like I think wanting that hope and also just feeling like very numb to it all of like I don't even know that I can put my hope in Jesus because that hope has felt so dashed before and so just entering into advent being like I want to be hopeful and I also like want to protect my heart and like not be excited every time we get a profile yeah because yeah, by this it, time we'd seen 12 13 profiles of, of potential well babies. by that point we had said yes to being shown probably to 12, 12 times and maybe another 12 that we said no to or yeah. something like that yeah. yeah and so i mean you know by this point it just felt like we this may never actually happen but for rolling us. into that last year it had been a few months since we'd heard from our adoption agency even yeah. Like it felt cold and distant, you know, like yeah. it would never happen. Yeah. I think. And so I think what was challenging is you, maybe did you allude to this or did we talk about it earlier? But just in that Advent season, friends we'd been waiting with um, were matched and welcomed home a child. And that was hard of just being like, okay, God, like, why not? Us. Why not us? Why them? And why you celebrate with those friends, like in an amazing way, you still have those questions like now, like for real, did we mishear you? Like, is yeah. this not what you have for us or what? You yeah. Know? Um, And so right in that place of just sadness and brokenness, you know, the crazy thing is like three weeks after Advent ended that year is when we got our call. And the irony to me, as God is so often or feels ironic, is that Britain was actually born <laughs> like halfway through Advent. Of Advent yeah. um, and like in the weirdest, and not to over-spiritualize <laughs> this because it feels so easy to do, but just this idea that like, while we were waiting, God knew and Britain was born and like he was waiting for us. And 
that makes it sound very trite and like wrapped up in a pretty bow. <laughs> yeah. And that's not necessarily how it was. But also this like God knew. He knew while we were crying out, while we felt numb and broken and hopeless, Britain was born. Yeah. And yeah. Whew. I just I, I think that's who God is in a lot of ways. Cause and I, I love that story because God was fulfilling promises in the background that we didn't even know was happening, right? Like he was taking care of us in ways that we could not even fathom. And I would say for, I can't speak for you. I was pretty bitter (laughs) that advent (laughs) Uh, just because we had been waiting so long and it felt like nothing. And it felt like, what is God doing? And like, has he totally forgotten us? Like we're trying to do something like pretty awesome, you know, in, in adoption and why not? You know, and all this time he had this perfect child for us, like waiting, you know, uh, yeah. in his own way. And yeah. I, I, I don't know. I was thinking about, think about the, like the people of God, how long they had been waiting for their, for their God to fulfill his promises, like of never leaving them or forsaking them. Right. There had been 400 years between the, the last prophet, the last scripture in, um, in, in the old Testament, Malachi, uh, till Jesus was born and what God does when he's ready to, he's ready to sort of make it all right and, and do an incredible thing. And what does he do? He sends a baby. And like, there is no more vulnerable human being on this earth than a, a baby, like an embryo, like God came to earth and was subject to everything that we went through. And his answer to um, sin and all of its problems was a a baby who took 30 years before he even started his earthly ministry. You know, there's just God is working in ways in which we have no idea, you know, and I feel like every time I start to get really bitter about God missing me or not, uh, not doing what I think should be happening. I think the season of Advent is a reminder that, that God's wisdom is so much higher than ours. Like we can't even fathom, you know, the sort of the things he's doing. For sure. I, I also think it's really important to mention that like, it wasn't that then the next year, after Britain came home that we entered into Advent full of hope. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. I think if you've ever listened to us talk about adoption, <laughs> you know, we're pretty open about like adoption comes from brokenness and loss. Right. And so we don't now enter into Advent and think like, yay, like we got that baby that we'd been hoping for. The reality is now we enter into Advent with Britain and his own brokenness mm. and his story of brokenness and his story of loss. Yeah. And it Advent is still really heavy. Um because like yes. You know, we are so thankful he's in our family and he lost his first family when he joined ours and so, you know, even within adoption and within our story with him, we still hold this tension of brokenness and hope. And so, you know, I think what's so interesting to me is, right, how often are there things that we wait for and we get them and whether we can acknowledge it or not, 
we believe that thing will make us happy or content or at peace. And the reality is that's just not true. (laughs) And so I think like we, well, I enter into Advent differently even now of we, you know, there's a lot of areas in our life that we can acknowledge brokenness. And I think adoption is so easy to acknowledge that in, you know, for our family and our story. And it adds a new depth of, you know, until Christ's return, our story will continue to be broken. And yeah. that's okay. We still have hope that, you know, Christ will return and make all things new. Yeah. And I feel like maybe there's this sense, and it's the same with love, probably that like, with both hope and love, it just feels like it should be something that comes naturally. And like, if you're a good Christian, like both of those things should just happen or something. And I feel like we were reading in the devotional even today uh, on, on Advent and it talked about choosing hope. And I think that's like, it's the same way that we choose to love, you know, uh, like spouses, like that's, it's a choice to, to, to choose to willingly put yourself uh, to, to love somebody, somebody else. And I think hope's the same way. And I think every advent we have to choose hope, right? We have to choose to hope in a God that has proved himself faithful over and over again. And we have to choose once again to hope in his story and to what he has for us and that he is working in ways that we can't even fathom. Yeah. Yeah. I think if, if I could encourage people out there through this, this season of Advent, right? Like let's not pretend like this has not been one of the hardest years that I've experienced as a human being on this earth. Right. I mean, it's been a a hard year. There's been political upheaval. Yeah. I don't even need to name the things that we have struggled with. Right. We've it's ad nauseum. It's almost like saying I wore a mask somewhere. Like you almost have to say it, but, um, I just encourage you to choose hope this Advent season. Right. And the let's talk about we'll talk about some of the practical ways in which we do that. But I think a great way to choose hope this Advent season is to take seriously the season to Mm -hmm. like really acknowledge it for what it is, that Mm -hmm. it is um, it is is brokenness and and it's hope. Mm -hmm. Right. Even Jesus is born into Mm -hmm. brokenness. He's born into Mm -hmm. being chased and uh, being a refugee and being uh, sent away because his life he's he's born outdoors in a barn, you know, I mean, we, we experience the brokenness. We sit in the brokenness, brokenness. And because of who God is, we choose hope Mm -hmm. over and over again. And like, that's what that this season is about. Mm -hmm. And I also think like, I imagine that there are people listening that think like, I can't find hope. This year has been too much. I've seen too much. I've felt too much experience too much. And I think that goes back to this idea that Advent is done in community. And so, you know, I think sometimes it is really hard, definitely on our journey of adoption. There were times that I didn't always feel hope or feel like I could find hope. So I needed to turn to those safe people around me who could remind me that there is hope, who could extend me or cast vision of hope to me and for me. And so 
I know that community right now is challenging. We are very much experiencing that ourselves. Um, And it's probably not going to look the way that feels most comfortable or in the way that's like most desirable to you. And I think it's another place that we have to work towards that, whether it's a, a phone call or a Zoom call or, you know, a socially distanced driveway hangout. If you're at a place that hope feels unattainable, like find the people who can give you that hope. Yeah. Or or remind you that that hope is real. Or remind you, you know, I think the beauty of community is sometimes you can forget where God has provided, where God has moved in your life. And to have someone who's done life with you who can say, do you remember when God did this? Do you remember when God was faithful in this? That, you know, sometimes we need someone to come alongside us and say, I, I'll help you remember. Yeah. Like there, are, there is space to hope. Yeah. That collective communal memory yeah. can be really important, right? Especially yeah. if, yeah, when you've journeyed with people for, for a period of time, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. So, and I feel like, so let's, let's talk about getting practical here because we, we've tried to do something almost every year and I feel like. Most every year, the first few days are awesome, and then we kind of peter out. Like, uh, so all that to say, like, it's not easy to just like do something consistently over Advent. And I don't want to pretend like, oh my gosh, if you just like get this one resource, it's all going to be perfect, and your children are going to be quiet for like an hour while you read the Bible. Like, I can't, right, and I they're can't give you that. and they're going to know. Jesus in a deeper level <laughs> right, because of the right. way that you like imparted wisdom yeah. to them. Absolutely. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Well, I think, okay. So <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is our church is doing uh, a Bible project devotional on that Bible app. You know, the, the app you, you get you version, you version Bible app. And it's just like, they have great videos, like a verse, like that is a, that is something very easy. That, that's a low barrier of entry to just do a daily devotional throughout Advent. It's reading like a verse and watching a short video just about the the season and, and all of that stuff. And so that's a really easy place to start, I think. Yes. Oh, also my app. Yes. It's like, so if you're like maybe looking for something that's a bit more liturgical, I have a Lectio Divina app. Can you link I'll that? Link it, yeah. Okay. Um, but you can do the reading and reflective prayer yourself, or you can have a very calming voice read it to you. It has been a true godsend during pandemic to just do some reflective, like time of quiet prayer reflection. Um, And so I think that's another, I think, right. It's this idea that like as parents, we have to be practicing some of the, these things, filling our own cups, if yeah. we want to impart spiritual wisdom yeah. to our children. Yeah. We've also gotten advent calendars for everybody in the family this year. And admittedly the boys get uh, toys every day, but, <laughs> uh, but we really want to be intentional when we open those things in the morning to make sure we understand why we're doing that to, to process sort of what the, what the day is and, and, you know, go through a verse, even on the Bible app or like pray, uh, as we open those goodies and experience the goodness of God and at the same time understand the importance of, of what we're entering into. Right. And it 
feels a little bit like a cop out of like, oh, we're giving our kids toys to talk about Jesus. (laughs) And the reality is like our kids are going to remind us every day to open their advent calendar, which is the reminder to us every day as parents of and then we get to point them to Jesus. Yeah. And so, I mean, part of it is that we're hopefully creating responsibility for ourselves of our kids are going to hold us accountable to this thing. And I don't want my kids to think that like, you know, Advent equals Legos. And so, yeah, um, yeah part of it is hopefully this holds us more accountable. Yeah. And the Jesus Storybook Bible also, they have an Advent uh, thing to go through, which I'll link as well. It's a free PDF. Uh, you can go through pretty cool with your kids. Um, yeah, there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, yeah, you can find what works for you. Right. And I also think like, if this is your first year doing Advent, like do the best you can do, you know, and it's like anything. I think you can Pinterest mom it, or you can be like, we read some scripture and talked about Jesus most days this week. We're winning. Hey, I feel like if you can read any scripture with your kids at any point, you've won. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's a goal for everyday life, you know, much less in the the Advent season. So for sure. Do you feel like we've covered the entirety of the Advent? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, we've nailed it. Knocked it out of the park. Please, though, like for real, like if you have suggestions of stuff that's worked for you, like hit us up on social media. Let us know about it. Mm -hmm. We would love the resources for real. Uh, Let us know what works for you as a family or, you know, if you're single, what works for you to sort of remind you or, you know, whatever life stage. We would love to just hear about your Advent experiences and what works for you during this season. Right. And I... I feel like we talk about this a lot and nobody ever does it, but that's okay. We're still open to it. I just think like if you're thinking, I don't have that community. I don't have someone to hold hope with me. Like we would love to enter in with you. And you know, if you're listening to these episodes, you probably know us in real life. Um, We're not that cool. Don't have a major, <laughs> major internet presence, but like it is our, it is our joy to hold space and to enter in. And and if you find yourself in this season needing that, like we would, we would be honored yeah. to hold that space for you. I love it. I just want to have a great Advent season and yeah, hold on to hope. It's there. He's working. He's good. So, Amen. Amen. Uh, we'll see you next time at the magic table. Thanks for hanging out y'all.